God, we glorify you, oh God, today, Lord. Hallelujah. We come into your presence, oh God, today with thanksgiving, oh Lord. And we enter your courts with praise, praise. oh God, today. We worship you. We praise you, oh Lord. We magnify you, oh God, and we glorify you. Hallelujah for you, our King of Kings. And you, our Lord of Lords. God, there is none else beside you. Nor shall ever be, oh God. Beside you, oh God. Hallelujah, there is only one God. And Jesus is your praise. Hallelujah, we worship you, God. And we praise you, oh Lord, today. And we magnify you, we glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, open up our hearts and our minds today, O oh God, in Jesus' name, to receive your word, O oh God, in Jesus' name. And anoint these lips of mine, O oh God, to speak your word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We'll see how long it goes. Um, Pastor asked me to put a message together and preach. Um, initially, it's going to be five minutes, but we'll see how long it goes today. Man, I want to direct your attention to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. It's a familiar scripture, it's a familiar passage in the Bible. The prophet Jeremiah Chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. If you have it, go and say amen. 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 So I know that's not waiting too long. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth, out of the womb I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. This is talking about the prophet Jeremiah. He was going through some difficult times, a lot, you know, similar to the situations that we go through in life, that we don't know what's going on. We don't know that who's in control of our lives. Sometimes we go through so many problems, we go through so many situations, but at the end of the day, that God is always in control, just like he told the prophet Jeremiah, before I knew thee in the belly, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God is in control. The title of this, now my message today is Sacrifice of the Self-Will. Sacrifice of the Self-Will. In 2 Corinthians 5.19, it says, To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God, When God exchanged his life for ours, God, ex- God also wanted to exchange his will for ours. He wants his will to be done so that we might get everything that God has for us. I know it's 
not a not an easy subject to talk about. A lot of times we want to do our own things, and we want to do this and we want to do that. We have our own ambitions, we have our own plans for our life, and that's all good and well. But I'm just reminded of a scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter six, verse thirty-three, where it says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. For God said, my ways are not your ways. Hallelujah. He knows the very best for us. He's got a great plan for our lives. Even better than what we can imagine. His will is always better than ours. It doesn't matter what we go through in life. If we just stick to the plan, to the word of God and stick to his plan, the plan of salvation, his perfect will would be performed and we will see great things, great things performed in our life yeah. in the end if we just simply trust in him, if we keep our eyes on him. When we look in the life of Samuel in the Bible, when God called Samuel, when God called Samuel to the ministry, the first thing that Samuel said was, Here am I. He had a willing heart, a willingness. To listen to the voice of God. He wasn't so caught up in his self-will. He wasn't so caught up in what he wanted to do. But he wanted to listen to the voice of God. When we look at the life of David. The Bible describes David as a man after God's own heart. A person in the Bible that we see was the very first person that he actually wanted to do something for God. Instead of always asking God what can you do for me. David wanted to build a house for God. Hallelujah. The origination, if you will, of this, what I would call I. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that promote the self, the self-will. What I want to do. They have the iPad and iMusic and this and that. It's always self-promoting of what I want to do. But if we go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. The prophet Isaiah is speaking here and it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Hallelujah. It's this origination that we have to kill. We have to put on the altar of sacrifice. That's why when Moses built the tabernacle, one of the first things that you would see as you enter into the court of the tabernacle was the altar. And that's the first thing that we got to come before God when we come before Him. The first thing that we got to do is we got to put our self-will on the altar of sacrifice and say, God, not my will, but my perfect will be done. Let your perfect will be done, oh God. On earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, when His will is done, the greatest things will come to fruition in our lives. For His ways are greater than ours. Hallelujah. We've got to sacrifice our self-will. I know it's not popular. We've got our ambitions, like I said. And we've got goals, and that's so good. And finding Danny. But we've got to put His will before ours. We've got to put ourselves 
There was this picture, you know, they say a picture says a thousand words. And there was this picture of this little girl with a little teddy bear. And God was reaching her, his hands out to her and saying, give me that teddy bear. And behind him, there was the biggest teddy bear, bigger than what she originally had. Yeah. But you got to give it all to him. Come on. You got to give it all to God. You got to give God all your heart, Praise all your Lord. soul, Praise your whole God. life. Hallelujah. And watch God do Glory what he really wants to do Glory in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 Why don't we put our hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe God is going to continue to use, amen, Brother Paul, and I believe other young men and other young women that will yield themselves to the to the work, the will of God, amen, for their lives. Amen. If we will put ourselves on an altar before the Lord and we'll sacrifice before the Lord daily. Amen. I believe that God is uh, looking for people that will simply surrender to him and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Yes, not, not what I want to do, God, but what you want to do. It's when we do that and when those types of prayers are prayed that you can have the son of God on a cross. Amen. Bearing the sin of the world. And accomplishing some great things that would last, amen, throughout the ages. Because somebody said, not my will, but your will be done. Not, not what I want to do, but what, I, what you want me to do. Amen. And because of that right mindset and that attitude, amen, our sins are, can be washed away today because of his death on the cross. Amen. If We're going to just quickly turn to the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Amen. If you could stand with us this morning for the reading of the word of the Lord. Acts chapter number two. Amen. And we're not going to be uh, too much longer today. We want to. Uh, but we do want to allow the Holy Ghost to have his way in this place. Acts chapter two and verse number one says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound. Everybody say a sound. A sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. So everybody had this same experience in this, uh, on this day of Pentecost. And verse number four says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost? The verse continues and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the ability. And that is what will happen in this place this morning. If we will yield ourselves to the Lord and we'll say, God, everything that's in this book, everything that's happened before I got here that was recorded in the scriptures, let it happen to me. God, if it's in your word, I want it in my life. Amen. I don't, I don't like knowing that uh, 
that there's money on the table, if you will. And sometimes, you know, we come to church and we leave things up at the church and we should be grabbing a hold of everything and saying, God, I want that word from my life. God, is there anything else you have for me? I'm going to take that. I'm going to grasp it. I'm going to get a hold of it. I'm going to embrace it. And today I want to just talk for a few moments about the Holy Ghost. Somebody say that with me. The Holy Ghost. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We ask you, Lord, to illuminate our minds, to touch our hearts, Lord. Lord, help us to be tender-hearted to you today. Help us to have open hearts, open minds, that we might receive the word of the Lord today. And we'll not fail to give you glory and honor, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. I did uh, some study some time ago. Uh, and this particular book that was beginning to let me know and, and to uh, educate its readers about different dimensions uh, that people live in, different dimensions that are available, if you will. And these, there's about seven different dimensions, and each dimension is progressively higher on a higher plane. Uh, the, these, this particular writer said that the first dimension on, on which some people live uh, but particularly the animal kingdom uh, this first dimension is a straight line where people or animals simply move from one point to another it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, mental cognition uh, to move from one point to another in a straight line. The example that this particular writer gave uh, to illustrate what this first dimension uh, of living was like was a moth. Everybody say a moth. Wow. A moth. You've seen a moth. You've seen moths. As soon as you see them, you get the, the swatter out and you try and kill it. You try and sick your kids on it. But the moth, a moth is a first dimension creature. According to this article, and a moth, uh, the example is a moth that flies straight through the fire to reach a certain point. It has no uh, ability to think uh, uh, logically and think, you know, how do I kind of avoid the obstacle? But the moth just goes right through the fire to go to a certain point. A snail is another example of a first dimension creature. A snail travels a straight line no matter if it's across the road. No matter if it's across the freeway, no matter where it is, the snail has no ability to, to think logically. And it just crosses a straight line and you, in your exalted state, step on that snail and squash it. And that snail had, didn't stand a chance. But that's first dimension thinking. Then the, this particular article began to talk about a second dimension. A second dimension was two connecting lines. The first dimension was one straight line from one point to another. But the second dimension was two connecting lines or or a right angle, if you remember from school, that illustration. But still a flat surface on the second dimension. And it's a flat surface that is incapable of moving upward or downward. It's just this this, uh, horizontal plane. That's the second dimension. And the example that was given uh, is a dog that moves over the earth in search of two things. Something to eat and someone to love. Very simple in its mindset. Very simple in its its abilities and, and what it does. And here in the second dimension is gains. And appetites for immediate family are of chief concern. Uh, It's just it's a flat plane. It's two connecting lines, but the inability to move upward or downward. And then the third dimension that uh, 
is, is given in this particular study that I was uh, reading through. Uh, the third dimension, or you might have heard the term 3D. How many's heard of 3D? It's that cube. It's that, uh, and in here there's the normal place of man is seeking three things. Food, and friends, and knowledge. And here man exists. Uh, here man begins to seek the higher values in life. Education. And uh, it even seeks religion and seeks art and literature and the different things of life. And, but that's still a third, a three-dimensional type of living. And you say, well, that's not bad in and of itself. But the, if you will stay with me for a few moments, I'm going to progress to a little bit higher level of living. The third dimension we talked about was food, friends, and knowledge. And a lot of us, we strive to food, to have food every day. The 21 days fast was probably hard for some people. A lot of people want friends. I think everybody wants friends. They want relationships. But you're here today and you want knowledge. You want some understanding of the word of God. And you want to go deeper in your understanding of what the scripture has and its application for your life. Uh, But the limitation of this third dimension is the confining walls erected that separate man from everyone else, namely God. Uh, But the fourth dimension is another, a higher dimension, a greater dimension. And this is where the unharnessed electricity and other life forces uh, that are completely independent of gravity exist. And in the fourth dimension, you have radar. You can't see what's happening with the radar. You, you, there's, there's a radio. It's just plugged into the wall, but somehow it's receiving radio frequencies. And, and it's a different dimension. It's not a third dimensional type of communication, but it's a fourth dimension. And you have sound waves. And there's you, you've probably seen the occasional YouTube clip or the educational video about the dolphins that are sending off sound waves and they're communicating one with another. And there's just these sound waves that are going out. And it's in the fourth dimension that you have the artists and the world-class musicians live here where they can bring the daydreams and visions into reality, into the present. And they, 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 they exist. Sometimes it's, you talk to an artist and they're kind of living in the abstract. They're thinking of things that you can't seem to get your mind around. And, and the musicians, they're up here and they're, they're hearing different tones. And it's on a different level a lot of times. And this dimension begins to restore unity. In the fourth dimension begins to restore unity and interconnectedness. And, but the writer continued that I was studying and said there's a fifth dimension. And in the fifth dimension, it it continues to go a little bit further. And this can be compared to that of an anchor or something that's more stationary. This fifth dimension is the reservoir where the patterns floating through space above the the rhythms and vibrations and radiating waves are stored. Here is where we begin to lock into and tap into the presence of God. And this is where we are when we get the Holy Ghost. We're no longer on that first dimensional plane of that moth or that snail that only exists to go from one point to another. And we're not even just on that second dimension of the dog that's looking for something to eat and someone to love. And and we move beyond the third dimension of looking for friends and family and and knowledge. And we move beyond those dimensions. We move beyond the fourth dimension uh, where there's the radio waves and the sound waves and the things that you can't can't see and that they're moving. And in the fifth dimension is where the Holy Ghost uh, exists and where we begin to tap into something greater than that of ourselves. Amen. It's in the fifth dimension where we begin. You can come down to an altar and you can lift up your hands to God. You can begin to talk to God. 
God and the tears begin to come down your cheeks and it's it's not in pursuit of knowledge it's not in pursuit of food it's not a pursuit of going from here to somewhere else but you begin to tap into something greater than yourself and suddenly the preacher says lift up your hands and you lift up your hands and the tears begin to flow down your cheeks and you begin to feel something that artists cannot see to draw the picture you begin to experience something that musicians the music can take you there but in the Holy Ghost you begin to go further in God it's in that fifth dimension that you begin to experience something great that God has in store for you and you can begin to as you're worshiping the Lord and Brother Walmer's talking earlier you repent of your sins and you've got your heart cleansed and you've got your heart washed and everything's in the past and God's forgiven you but you begin to seek for the Holy Ghost and you come down to an altar and you lift up hands and say God I want to speak in tongues I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and you begin to go to a higher plane a higher plane of living a higher plane of living Amen. Something bigger, something greater, something that's unfathomable. Amen. To the ordinary man, you can experience in an altar of repentance. You can experience right here on your face before the Lord. Amen. There is a place of living that God wants His people to go to. And it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. You and I can get there by ourselves. That which I will and I do not. And that which I hate, I find myself doing. But when I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I overcome. I can run through a truth. I can stumble to the wall. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. It's on that higher level of living. So, so when you come to the church house and you're in you're, you're an apostolic church service and you see somebody talking in tongues, amen. If you're living on a on a lower dimension, you'll want to mock and you'll want to ridicule because you haven't experienced that. Because you're just living on this horizontal plane with no ability to go upward or to go downward. You just find yourself stagnant, stale, unproductive. Amen. But when the Holy Ghost fills you up and you speak in tongues, amen, now there's an ability to communicate with the heavenlies. And there's transactions that are being made in heaven. Hallelujah. God wants His people to live higher, 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 higher than where you are. I happened to, uh, I happened to tune in. They had a, the, the young... The young adults and youth had a have an Instagram feed. If you don't have not following, you should give them a follow. But they they went live last night for a youth service that they had, and uh, I just happened to tune in for a few for probably about 60 seconds. Heard the preacher talking about uh, about the the serious subject of hell just for a few moments. You know, hell's a real place. Hell wants this church. The devil won't stop till he gets you and your family and everything else around you destroyed and thrown into the lake of fire. But if God did not intervene in our lives, if God had never intervened in our lives, we were on our way straight to a devil's hell. You, we didn't need any help from anybody else to get there, he was talking about. You didn't need the help. Brother, no, I don't need your help to go to hell. I can do that all by myself. I don't need your help for the road to get to hell. I'm going there all by myself. But I need the power 
Holy Ghost to intersect with my life. The touch of God, the preach, the top word of God to intersect and if you want to collide with my life for a moment and so that I could that I could get off course, the course, the self-destructive course that I was on. And I can say, God, let your will be done in my life. And until you learn to do what Brother Paul is talking about, sacrificing your will, an altar of self-sacrifice, you're going to find your way straight down to the devil's hell. But it's when we lay our lives down on an altar and we say, God, I want to experience what you have in store for my life. Take this small teddy bear that I've got, that I might have that bigger one that you've got behind your back. I want to experience what God has in store for my life. But we, we, we find ourselves, amen, we find ourselves in the book of Acts chapter number 2. And it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come. In other words, there was a time appointed that God was fixing to pour out of His Spirit in this earth. And the day was fully come. Everything had lined up. Everything was set in order. Amen. God has some things that He wants to be set in order before His Spirit can show up in our lives. Amen. There's an appointed time and you find yourself here in an apostolic church on Sunday morning and you push through all the chaos. You push through the confusion. You push through the animosity of family and friends. You push through all the stigmas and you push through all the isms and the schisms. You said, God, I'm here. And now that I'm here, I'm going to worship you. And the Bible says that when everything was set in order, amen, the Holy Ghost, amen, the Bible says in verse number two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It's not a peaceful transition when the sinner comes to an altar, repents of their sins. It's not a peaceful transition. If you're looking for an easy cakewalk, amen, stay where you are. But if you want to really be changed, amen, it's going to come upon you suddenly. You're going to be reached out to God. And suddenly, everything will change in your life. And there is a collision that happens when God has His way in our lives. It's suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. And... It was of a, as of a mighty rushing wind. It was a mighty rushing wind. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, amen, the church began to get into a rhythm. The church began to get into a rhythm because when the Holy Ghost was poured out, all the 120 people were there in an upper room and they were all praying the same prayer. They were all there for the same purpose with the same prayer and they were seeking God they were all joining together they weren't praying different prayers they were all praying the same prayer God let your spirit come the comforter we want the comforter you said you'd send him in your name you said you'd send the comforter in my name the church began to get into a rhythm that was similar to the children of Israel going around Jericho. They began to follow the voice. They began to follow the command of God. And when you and I as the people of God begin to get into that rhythm, whatever God speaks to us, we're going to do it locked step with one another. We're going to submit ourselves to the will of God. God said, wait us in Jerusalem until you get into the power. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait march around Jericho, no matter how foolish it sounds, I'm going to march around Jericho. But when you begin to submit yourself and you begin to obey the word of the Lord, you find yourself getting into a rhythm, amen, in which God can bless, in which God can anoint. 
And God will do it. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost was poured out. They began to speak. Amen. When the Bible says in verse number 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This Holy Ghost that we're preaching about is not something that mom and dad can teach you. It's not something that the preacher can teach you. This is how you do it. Get your tongue like this. Begin to wag it a little bit and do it faster. And okay, that's the Holy Ghost. That's your language. We don't do that around here. The Bible says the Spirit of God will give you the ability. If you learn the Holy Ghost in another church, you better unlearn it when you come here. Because we want God to give it to you. Not some man, not some preacher, but God to give it to you. The Holy Ghost began to be poured out. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. This was not some random occurrence. Because when you begin to obey the word of the Lord, and God speaks the word to Fapo, and do this, Fapo, and you say, yes, God, I'll do this because you said it. No matter if my family doesn't want it. No matter if my friends mock me at school. I'm going to submit to it. And you do that, and you find out that you're a part of something bigger than you ever thought possible. You begin to find yourself a part of something bigger, something greater, on a bigger scale, because I'm submitting myself to the will of God because this occurrence that happened in the book of Acts was prophesied about by the prophet Isaiah back in chapter number 28 verses 11 through 13 for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people and this is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest hallelujah this is rest when you see somebody in a church service speaking in tongues Crying and starting and just lift up their voice. It might look foolish to some of you. It might look awkward. But I'm going to tell you, that person's getting some peace, yes. if you will, to the IT generation. They're getting a download yes. of peace. Yes. They're getting a download yes. of joy. They tapped into the source that's bigger than themselves. The prophet Isaiah talked about it. But Jesus also talked about it. We read it a few moments ago in John chapter 3, 3 through 8. Except the man be born again. Except the man be born of the water and of the Spirit. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Except the man be born of the water and of the Spirit. How is it? How is it? That a lot of us in Pentecost today, we subscribe to a baptism of water where we are submerged in water. But some of us are okay with the sprinkling of the Holy Ghost. Some of us are okay with just sprinkle me a little bit, Jesus. But don't ever baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Don't ever consume me. Don't ever let me get lost in the Holy Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't want to just be baptized in water. I want to be baptized in the Spirit. I want to lose control in the Holy Ghost. Why did God choose to put immersion in water? Amen. I'm going to tell you, when you go down the water... When you get down to the deep sea, you begin to you begin to launch out to the deep, and you're fully covered in water. You lose control. You lose complete control. You ever tried swimming in the ocean? See who's got the greater power? You are the ocean. You're submerged in it. That wave's telling you exactly where to go. That wave is sometimes even flipping you upside down and smashing you on the shore because that ocean is having its way in your life. Amen. But in the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God ever gets to consume us, if the Spirit of God ever gets to overtake us, 
will guide you and God will say, go straight. Okay, now turn left. Oh, there's a blessing right there. You can not go. God do it. And you submit to him. God unleashes a power that's beyond your control. Oh, let's love him in this place today. Oh, let's lift our hands and praise him. I'm submitting myself right now. Just by lifting up my hands, I'm submitting myself to the voice of the man of God in my life. I'm lifting up my hands and I'm saying, God, have your way. God, have your way in my life. Holy Ghost, move me forward. Take me beyond the dimension of everybody else, of ordinary man. Take me higher in God. Take me further in you, Lord. I want to experience what you have in store for my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The other fault that a lot of times we fall into, amen, in, in Pentecost or in Christianity or the apostolic movement is we can view Holy Ghost as only salvific, only a circulary, I can't even say the word, some big long word, amen, soteriological, amen. It's not just for salvation. It is for empowerment. Yes. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's for something bigger and more powerful than yourself. So this morning, if you find yourself up against a situation, you find yourself up against an obstacle, you find yourself up against an unsafe spouse or an unsafe child or whatever it would be, and they, they curse God and they say, I don't want nothing to do with your religion. I don't want nothing to do with your God. It looks like a wall. And you might say, in and of myself, I can't convince them. I can't argue with them enough. I can't teach them enough for them to get it. But when you get the Holy Ghost working in your life, some things begin to happen. And you receive power. And you understand that the Holy Ghost is not some, uh, it's not just something that happens when you first come to God, but it's something that you got to take with you. So you got the Holy Ghost so months ago. How long has it been since you got renewed the Holy Ghost? Yeah, you might be on your way to heaven, but honey, the next trial comes, the next storm comes. You might not make it because you're not full of His Spirit. I need His Spirit in my life. I need His Spirit in my life. I need the touch of the Holy Ghost in my life. When you receive the Holy Ghost, amen, you begin to get into a more perfect alignment with God. And you will become in alignment with the truth, the spirit of truth that wants to reveal, amen, more truth to you. The Holy Ghost, the Bible says, will lead you into all truths. Into all truths. If you find yourself, amen, feeling like you're stuck. If you find yourself feeling like you're stuck in life. Get back to getting in the Holy Ghost and say, God, move me through this wall. Move me over this mountain. Move me through this obstacle. I've got to overcome. I can't stay where I am. I've got to move forward in God. I've got to go higher. I've got to have the ability to go upward in you and closer to where he is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you get the Holy Ghost, you begin to come into more perfect alignment with God. The example here today is when one's life, when one's life is right over 
an oil field. He, that person doesn't have to ask direction to the nearest oil station. When you find yourself directly on top of an oil field, you don't have to ask directions for where the nearest oil station is. All that you've got to do is seek your shaft straight into the supply that's beneath your feet. And that's similar to the Holy Ghost. You don't have to ask directions. Amen. What do I got to do? Honey, just get the Holy Ghost. Just allow the Spirit of God to work through your life, to permeate every area of your life, to saturate your soul. And the Holy Ghost that will lead you into all truths will begin to illuminate your mind. And it's as if somebody turned on the lights and suddenly you can see clearly. You can see everything. It leads you. It leads you. It leads you. I try to do a lot of things in the dark at home to not wake up the baby. And I stumble and I trip and I hit my knee and all these different things that didn't seem to be obstacles begin to just knock me upside the head. And there's baby bottle caps on the floor and there's drawers that were not pushed in all the way because the baby was crying and you couldn't finish what you're doing. And because the light's not turned on, amen, that easy walk from, from the bed to the, to, the, to the kitchen or to the bathroom becomes an obstacle course. Until somebody says, hey, just, just turn the lights on. Don't worry about it. Just turn the lights on. Amen. And, and you begin to see, okay, that's what's in my way. All I got to do is now turn left or just hop over this obstacle and whatever you got to do. But you've got to allow the lights to be turned on. You've got to say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. I want it to lead me into all truths. So maybe you're here today and you don't understand what's going on and you're confused and you've never seen church like this before. If you allow God to fill you with His Spirit, it will be, it will be as if the light switch turns up yes. and the lights turn on and you begin to see, oh, God was reaching for me. God was reaching for me. God was reaching for me. He's reaching, he's reaching, he's reaching. He's reaching, he's reaching, he's reaching. The Holy Ghost will do some amazing things. When my mom first came to church, she decided she got she came to church and got the Holy Ghost. It might have been the first service. I don't recall uh, what she said exactly. But she got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. And it began to become a light to my father. The Holy Ghost in her began to become a light to my dad. This is where I'm at right now in life. Suddenly my father, the bishop of this church, began to realize I am right now at a crossroads in my life. I am right now at a particular juncture in my life where if I choose to live for God, I'll be okay. But if I reject the plan of God, I'm going to be lost forever. I'm going to be killed dead on the side of the railroad tracks. But the Holy Ghost began to illuminate even the person she was with and began to give him a landmark. This is where you're at right now. And when you get the Holy Ghost, it will begin to illuminate everything else around you. And you'll begin to realize God saved my girlfriend. God saved my, my spouse so that I can understand where I'm at. So that I can know where to go when I needed help, when I needed direction. The Holy Ghost will illuminate. It will bring light to our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And it brings in perfect alignment. Why else could the Lord Jesus himself say in Matthew chapter 6 and 28 and 29, Consider the lilies of the field. How they toil not. Consider the lily of the field. Why would he say that? So you can just take a picture of it and feel happy inside? No, because there was some greater, deeper truth. Consider the lily of the field, how it toils not, but your father, amen, takes care of it. And all that the lily lily of the field does is stand erect, in perfect alignment with the sun. Just shine on me, sun. Just let me be in perfect alignment. And you might see a lily of the field if there is an encroaching weed that kind of covers the light. That that lily will begin to kind of go to the side and say, I just gotta, I just gotta have perfect alignment. Whatever gets in my way, I'm gonna go around it so I can have perfect alignment. And when you get in perfect alignment with God's will, amen, God provides for your sustenance. God provides for everything. You say, how does that look like? Like the rain tell. Sometimes, amen, financial hard times come. Hallelujah. Financial hard times come. And the devil tries to knock you off course from paying your tithe, from paying, from giving your offering. And he tries to put a weed over you. You say, well, hold on a second. I got to still, it might be hard. I might go without for a little bit, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stay in perfect alignment because if I stay in perfect alignment with God's will, God will lead me out. God will bless me. God will open up another door. God will provide for me and I'll not go wanting. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost leads and guides. If we could stand with me tonight, today and the musicians could come. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe God's in this place. And God's talking to us. And I believe that God wants to give somebody the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you will move to a higher dimension of living. No longer uh, with the, uh, the insatiable desires of your flesh. I've got to see something else. I've got to experience something else. But God can meet, give you something that will satisfy the longing soul. God can give you something that will satisfy your longing soul. Amen. God will take away all the the insatiable desires. You know what insatiable is? It's a guy that looks at at a pornographic picture. And he has to look at another one. Then look at another one. Then look at another one. You know what it also looks like? It's a woman that sees a purse and says, i got to have another one. i got to have... And nothing meets the need. Nothing quite satisfies. Amen. Nothing meets the need. But when you come to an altar and God gives you the Holy Ghost, it becomes enough. It is enough. It is what I need. I don't have to have some other experience because I found the wellspring of living water. I found the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands in this place? Holy Ghost is talking right now. Lift up your hands and close your eyes. And put your mind upon the Lord. Come on, if you want the Holy Ghost, God can give it to you this morning. This afternoon, you can leave.
speak in other tongues and you can experience what they experience in Acts chapter 2. Let's lift up our voices all across this house. Oh God, I worship you. God, I worship you. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Spirit of truth. I want the Spirit of God in my life. I want everything. I want all that you have. Come on, come on, come on. Lift your voice. Open up your mouth. sins. Now I'm going to ask a question today. Is there anybody by the lifting up of your hand that you might, you say, you know what, I want the Holy Ghost, Pastor. I want to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to lift up your hand. Anybody in this house, just lift up really high. Don't let nobody intimidate you. All right, we got one right here. Is there anybody else that says, I want the Holy Ghost? Anybody else? I heard the preacher. I heard the pastor. I want what you're talking about. Keep your hand up, son. Keep your hand up. Anybody else? All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, some of the young men are going to gather around Caleb. And we're going to pray for him. 
We're going to pray that God would give them the Holy Ghost. And if at any time anybody else says, hey, I want it too, Pastor. I want you to just slip up a hand and somebody will come pray with you. Amen. Right now, all across this house. Amen. Why don't we lift up our voice? I need some men to come help us pray for Caleb. Come on, let's pray right now.
actually there's some refreshments in a multi-purpose room behind us. I encourage everybody just just go there for a few moments this this morning, this afternoon, for a little bit of fellowship. God bless you.